Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast. Covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the future of Syracuse basketball, and we'll give our closing thoughts on the Final Four. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Andrew Cowie, and our guest today is SNY's Adam Zagoria. Catch more of Adam on zagsblog.com. Adam, thanks so much for being on today. Wes, anytime, buddy. How's it going? Good, good, good. Um, Adam, I wanted to start you on this. Michael Carter-Williams obviously living Syracuse, but... Tyler Ennis is going to slide in that role, and he was still at the Jordan Brand Classic. What do you think Syracuse fans should expect from him next year? Well, I'll tell you, Wes, I've been covering Tyler for, uh, you know, two, two, three years now at St. Benedict's. Um, he's a tremendous player. You know, he played very well in the uh, Jordan game the other night. I think he had about 14 points and five assists, if I'm not mistaken, um, playing alongside Andrew Wiggins and Julius Randle. You know, he's an older kid. So he's, he's mature. He should be ready to slide right in there at the point uh, for Jim Beheim next year. You know, he's played AAU ball with Andrew Wiggins, arguably the best non-NBA player in the world. Uh, and he's played with some other really good players on that CIA bounce team. So he's used to playing at a very high level. He got to the finals of the Peach Jam last summer and the uh, Nike um, Global Challenge with his Canadian team. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to learn and adjust like anybody going to college, but uh, I think he's a tremendous player with a high basketball IQ. Now, two other Syracuse players were in that game, uh, Chinozo Boku and Tyler Roberson. Do you see them developing into impact players as well at Syracuse? Yeah, those guys are actually in the regional game. Tyler Ennis was in the national game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Tyler Roberson. You know, he won a state championship at Roseau Catholic. Um, he played well the other day. I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, I think he had a double-double in the game. And, um, you know, he's a long, athletic forward who's going to fit well into the Syracuse zone. Um, I, I don't know if he'll be an impact player right away. You know, he'll probably sit behind, you know, by Akita and um, uh, C.J. Fair and, and uh, Dewan Coleman and the other bigs that they have coming back. But I think, you know, in a year or two by his, by his sophomore year, he, he should be a factor. Um, you know, Obako uh, wasn't a huge factor in the Jordan game, but, um, you know, he's another long kid who I think over time can help them. Now, let's, let's move from the future of Syracuse to the guys moving on. Michael Carter-Williams, do you see him having a long career in the NBA, and what does he still need to work on? 
Well, I think right now he's projected as a number 12 pick um, by Draft Express. So, you know, he's going to go in the lottery. Um, you know, I think he, he's an example of a guy, as I've said before, that has to come out now because the money is guaranteed and because this draft is a lot weaker than next year's draft is going to be. You know, that being said, theoretically, I think he's a guy who could benefit from another year in college, um, you know, to get stronger and uh, work on some different things. Um, and, you know, it, it, it wouldn't shock me if he's in the D League a year from now or if he's, you know, at the end of somebody's bench. Um, but that said, you know, he's, he's long, he's athletic, uh, he led the nation in assists this year. Um, you know, he needs to get stronger and uh, needs to work on a shot a little bit. Um, I, know, I know some NBA personnel like him uh, as a point guard, but, um, you know, it's a tough competitive league, and, you know, I don't think he's going to go in there and, and be an impact player right away. He's going to have to work on his game. Now, the other two Syracuse guys leaving, Brandon Trish and James Sutherland, James Sutherland, obviously a New York City kid, can these guys find their way into the NBA? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, I think they'll have to get um, invited to camps over the summer. Um, <laughs> I talked to Ron Naclerio, who is James Sutherland's high school coach, and he said he'd been hearing from some NBA personnel about James, um, you know, comparing him to guys like Steve Novak and guys who come off the bench and shoot threes. So I think there's probably a place on somebody's bench for James Sutherland, you know, a, a long athletic guy who can shoot the three. I'm not sure he'll get drafted, but, you know, he can work his way onto a summer league roster. And the same with Brandon Trish. You know, he's an experienced point guard, you know, took the team to a Final Four, um, isn't really considered in that upper tier of point guards, uh, you know, along with Michael Carter-Williams and uh, uh, the, the kid from Oklahoma State, um, Marcus Smart. But, um, you know, I, I think he could, he could work his way onto a roster, and if not, you know, maybe he, he plays overseas and has a long career overseas. Adam, could you put Syracuse fans' uh, fear to bed about this whole Jim Beheim thing? Just to, just uh, You've heard from recruits. Uh, you've heard from the players. Even Jim Beheim said it. He's coming back next year, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I thought the whole thing at the, the Final Four with, uh, you know, a CBSSports.com reporter pretty much badgering Beheim about it was, you know, an embarrassing situation. <laughs> for that reporter, frankly. I mean, Beheim has said multiple times he's coming back next year, and he told us at the Big East tournament that he's looking forward to coaching not only the guys next year, but, you know, the, the 2014 people, which really means Chris McCullough. Right. And uh, so I think he coaches at least two more years through Chris McCullough's freshman year, which would be 2014-2015. Um, so that would be two years in the ACC, and then – you know, after that, we'll see. I mean, on the one hand, you know, it's like, what else is this guy going to do? You know, basketball is his whole life. <laughs> um, and on the other hand, <clears throat> excuse me, I could see him, you know, getting tired of the travel and everything after a couple of years. But, but I think he's going to coach at least two years. Adam, we'll get you out here on this one. Uh, two new Ultimate Leagues, two new professional Ultimate Frisbee Leagues starting. Are you going to follow anyone, including the New York Rumble? Uh, I will get out there and uh, support them and watch them play. I actually tried out for one of the pro teams last year. But, you know, of course, I was the oldest guy out there trying out. Uh, it's too bad they didn't have these pro leagues 20 years ago when I was in my prime. But, um, you know, I think it's great. It's great for Ultimate. It's great that it's on ESPN. And uh, hopefully the pro leagues, you know, survive and thrive. Adam, thank you so much. Awesome stuff. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Wes. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it.
Adam Zagoria, zagsblog.com on hoops, recruiting, and rock and roll. Had a chance to hang out with him at the Final Four. It was a real pleasure. So, Adam, thank you again. So, joined in studio by Andrew Cowie, the Juice Online basketball correspondent, basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Uh, let, let's stay with the Final Four. Um, what were your thoughts? It seemed like in November you were saying this is a special team. They had a chance. Lo and behold, you were right. So, Final I mean, Four. The reason I said that way back is because I... Just looking at their defense, I think we all saw it now that it was just an exceptional defense that we haven't seen from Syracuse in a while, and it's just one of the best. But, you know, their Achilles here he, he all, all year has been offense. You know, it, it comes and goes, and unfortunately when you play a team like Michigan, you knew they were going to score points, but they held them to 61, which I think right. is pretty it's good pretty for good. that type of team. And unfortunately they, you know, they needed to score 65, 70 points, and it's just they just didn't have it that night. It's you know they make the final four once a decade, right? They since since the seventies made they made the final four once, and I think it was nice to see this team because, you know, after that Georgetown game, I don't think anyone was counting Syracuse in the mix. You know that sixty-one thirty-nine loss, everyone was like, okay, they're done. They're, they may even get eliminated in the first round. And then here you have this great run, and I don't think there's any shame in, in losing in the final four. Oh, absolutely not. You know, one of the things that. When you're in the Big East play, they just know the zone so well, and right. and it just happens like that. In league play, it's tough. It's just tough to win. And I remember when they when Syracuse came to New York for the for Madison, uh, for the Big East tournament, I went to practice. They were practicing in a um, kind of little prep school, it was like one of those shooters' gym. And I was talking to coach, and he was like, he's like, just once we get in the tournament, you know, it all it's all about matchups, and if we get the right matchup. He knew that they could they could go far, and I think they're probably a little worried about Indiana just because they're and everyone was they're a good team sure. inside and out. But you know the zone's tough. So you look at the the actual Michigan game now, and you know in the final two minutes, and I don't know what you thought about this, and I'm going to ask you. I thought there were some very questionable block charge calls. You know, two on Carter Williams, and then one with 17 seconds left on Brandon Trish. I thought it was egregious. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's I think a problem in college basketball. It's just not that game, but we saw it in the Indiana game. Um, it, it's just we saw the Ohio State game. It, it's just right. it's just bad. You know, somehow they they need to fix it. The NBA was able to fix it. Um, you know, obviously it's not that one play. You know, they they didn't do enough offensively to win the game, sure. but. It's a problem, and there's, there's without a doubt, it's, it's hurting the college game, and hopefully it can get corrected because I, I think we all, college basketball fans, we all listen to Jay Billis and hear him talk. He's sure. probably the biggest, you know, against it and how crazy it is. It's just, I think it's just ruining the game a little bit. It's not making it as fun. So, Andrew, I'm going to make you king for a day. What would you do to change that rule so it actually makes the college game better? Well, I think it's a little bit above my pay grade, but um, <laughs> I, I, get, I guess you have, you have to look at the NBA, and they made a conscious effort to stop the hand-checking, to let, you know, you know, call it close, and then people learn, and they adjust over time. It could be a, a rough year or so, but that's the only way to stop it, and, and guys are just coming in and just under, undercutting people. I mean, you wait till the kid goes up, and then he, he undercuts them, um, like Kraft did Ohio State. That was my biggest problem with the craft thing is not that his foot was on the line. Take away that. He just undercut him. Right. And it's just, that's just got to stop. So I'm going to take you back to 2003 now. Uh, There's a lot of speculation whether Carmelo Anthony was going to stay, whether he was going to go. He goes. Now you have the same situation now where, you know, Michael Carter Williams is going to stay, is he going to go? He chooses to go. Did you think that was the right decision for him? I think any time you're a top 10, top 15 lottery pick, um, I mean, it's, it's tough to say no. Uh, you, you got millions of dollars staring at you. 
in front of you. You never know injury-wise. But anything can happen in the draft. You always have to be careful because, you know, you could be considered a ninth pick in the draft but easily slip to 19. Right. Uh, but I think uh, the bigger worry a little bit is the C.J. Fair situation. You know, mm. Hopefully, you know, I think Hakeem was in that situation after we won it. He was a, he was a sophomore. He, actually, the year after his junior year, he was, you know, first-team Big East and so forth. And you're talking, should he go or stay for his senior year? Kind of similar to C.J. Fair. And I think it's better. I, I think it's it behooves him to to stay one more year, uh, hopefully improve his draft uh, stock and so forth. Have a really good summer working out with a lot of you know NBA guys. Um, so hopefully he, he stays. I think especially with C.J. Fair, he's improved so much of his game from year to year. So you look at he added an outside shot. He percentage wise, he's the best shooter on the team. Absolutely. Then he added you know he always had that lefty, but it became even more reliable. Um, and so, you know, he kind of when we were talking to Josh Pace, yeah, you know, exactly. it, he was kind of like JP 2.0, as he referred to him as. And each year he's added something new. I think what he really needs to add now is one of two things, either reliable drive, because he doesn't really take guys off the dribble, or a low post game where he can set up that lefty shot on a more consistent basis. Absolutely. And you saw late in the year, I was, I was uh, joking with Coach Behan, we used to run a play called 53-54 for Hakeem and, and Melo. We ran it like 90% of the time. It was like a low post isolation. It was like a classic NBA play. And they haven't run that in a while because they haven't had that classic low post. And he was telling me that they're starting to use C.J. Fair for that play. Mm -hmm. And you could see later in the season they're running those isolation plays for him. And I think that's something he's going to work on a lot over the summer is to get that isolation post up uh, moves down. And I think that's going to really take him to the next level so I think that's one of the things if he comes back that's one thing that he can develop and then he can shoot his draft stock up a little bit because you don't know especially with guys who are kind of borderline first round yeah. second round guys you really don't know where you're going to land and if you know he doesn't land in the first round it, it's not worth it absolutely and I mean he could he could declare uh, and do individual workouts and not hire an agent and test it and maybe he he just does amazing in the individual workouts and the stock goes up you know that's nothing wrong with that you know test it out at least you get to work out with a lot of a lot of guys but I wouldn't sign with an agent or do anything like that um and, and hopefully for for Syracuse State he, he comes <laughs> back because he's he's an important player for sure so we've heard all this stuff about we've talked about it before too Jim Bayheim retiring is he coming is he going You've been around the program as much as anyone. You played for Bayheim. You just mentioned you were, you hung out with Bayheim uh, at, at the Big East tournament. Is he coming back? I, you know, it's tough to tell. I would I would think so. He's such a competitive person, and he just loves he loves basketball so much. It's just watching random games. It's, there's only so much golf you can play before you, <laughs> before you just get frustrated with the game. And sure. I, I, I got to imagine that. As much as uh, the Big East, you know, nostalgia factor, you know, there's probably a little bit of his competitiveness thinking, all right, I'm going to come to the ACC and we'll see how, you know, Carolina and Duke do against our teams. Um, but the good thing about it, if he does retire, we know we have Coach Hopkins, who's exceptional coach, great X's and O's guys. So we know, the, you know, the program's in good shape. So now we have Adam Zagoria and we have Andrew Cowie. Uh, both saying that Bayheim's coming back. So please, <laughs> let's please stop the speculation. Uh, Andrew, right at the end of our show, your closing thoughts. Uh, my closing thoughts is, you know, it's kind of fun. We always talk about how New York City is Syracuse's official uh, city, college city. But, uh, you know, special shout-out goes to Boston. is a pretty, you know, close to heart for a lot of Syracuse alum. You know, when we won the championship, we started the first round in Boston. Uh, a lot, you know, it's just an important city for Syracuse, so just best wishes go out to those, and hopefully they find, you know, who is responsible for it. 
it's it, you know I, my closing thought generally we try to separate it into different categories but my has it has to be on the same thing and you know it kind of hits close to home for me because two people from the juice online our associate editor Heather Mayer who's actually running the marathon and her husband Jeff Irvine who's who's a columnist on our site they were both there Heather finished um, five minutes later the explosion happened and Jeff was a mile Crazy. away cheering her on so uh, you know, both of them are fine, and I wanted to pass that along to everyone, but also just send out my prayers and thoughts to everyone up there in Boston. Absolutely. So that's it for us. For Andrew Cowie, this is Wes Chang reminding you that I don't get why people like brunch. What's the benefit of combining breakdancing and lunch? You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.